Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Hi and welcome to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower Special Edition. Hashtag not even in a shower bro. This episode, we're looking at Māori and mental health. With me, your Pākehā host, James Nokise. So as always, make sure you're in a safe place with your comfort food. And join us, eating fried chicken, not even in a shower. Kia ora tātou. Uh, tātou kua taimai uh, ki tēnei whare, ki te whakatatuki i tā tātou kaupapa uh, i tēnei ahiai. Uh, me pēnei pēa te whakatewairua i a tātou i tēnei wā, tūtaua mai runga, tūtaua mai raro, tūtaua mai roto, tūtaua mai waho. Kia tau ai te Māori tū, te Māori ora, ki tēnā, ki tēnā, ki tēnā o tātou, ki puta ai tātou, ki te whaiau, ki te ao mārama. Haumie, huie, taikie. Kia ora, hoa Kia ora, Scotty. Uh, hi uh, to our listeners uh, and to people who are watching this clip going, this is not a shower. Welcome to, uh, <laughs> to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower's very special edition, special for a few reasons. Uh, one, there is uh, six of us. We are looking at Māori mental health today, and so I've invited some friends to come around. Uh, I'll start with, uh, we have Stacey Morrison here. Uh, who is uh, asked to be uh, announced as the mother of dragons yeah. of this particular <laughs> meeting, uh, but you might know as a broadcaster. Uh, we have uh, Logan Hamley, uh, who has yeah. been asked to be uh, referenced as an eternal student. Yes. Uh, study. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Scotty Cover, who's uh, just walked in off the street, yep. uh, but also an amazing theatre maker with massive company. Uh, we have uh, Scotty Morrison, but for conf- uh, to con- stop confusion on the two Scotties, uh, how am I going to be uh, talking to you today, Scotty? Use my uh, Māori name, Te Manaho. Te Manaho. And can I ask what that translates to, brother? Literally, it's kind of uh, to have a cheerful disposition dispositional to be quite happy and jovial most of the time. See, that's well, you shouldn't be in this corner. You're useless for this. Because my pony. Yes, it was, yeah, well, hopefully we can look for the manaho tanga in this, this <laughs> today. Oh, kia ora te Because uh, my Samoan name is Fele, which uh, just translates to Fred. It's incredibly... <laughs> uh, not like even cheerful Fred or spiritual Fred or chicken Fred, Fred. just Fred. Uh, and finally, uh, we have... Uh, Courtney, I've forgotten your last name. Dawson. 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 Uh, now, what does that translate to? Uh, generic. Generic, generic Caucasian <laughs> name. Kia ora, and kia ora to colonisation. Um, <laughs> Courtney Dawson, uh, comedian and a 2019 Royal Comedy winner. Yay. Yay. Good. Uh, now, welcome in here. The reason that we are not in a shower is twofold. One, uh, I don't know if any of you guys, when the last time you had a shower with six people... Uh, that aren't your relatives, <laughs> <laughs> but it can be uh, a little bit difficult. Um, but also, I guess, uh, food uh, in a place where you wash wouldn't be good tikanga, would it, Stacey? Oh, yeah, so actually when we first talked about that, we are like, about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I see that's your safe place and that's your, your happy place. And I'm all about the fried chicken, but yeah, um, in terms of 
Māori or tikanga Māori mm. eating, eating in a place where we wash our bodies. It's just, you know, keeping things separate um, in terms of tapu and in terms of the body. Mm. And so I, when we talked about that, I thought, what do I do here? I don't want to bum you out, mm. but I, is it an opportunity to share and say, I totally respect that that's your thing, but it's, mm. it's just, it gave me a feeling in my puku, mm. yeah, mm. to see it. But I know that other people feel okay about that. So is it bringing out feelings for you, Scotty? No, I'm just, I'm just like, the chicken would be yuck too. I think all through season one, people were feeding back going, but bro, how does the chicken not get uh, And I just want to say, I appreciate you guys being, being open because I always say I have, I think it's something we haven't talked about. I have multiple safe spaces. Uh, one of them is in the shower. That's, as you say, a very personal uh, thing for me, uh, manipulating how the chicken uh, works in the shower. <laughs> Um, and the other, of course, is with uh, Fana, with my ainga, uh, whether it's in the garage, as, as the young people will do when you're coming up, in the table, um, or in the kitchen. Uh, so I came back to you guys, were like, all right, well, garage or kitchen, what for your safer? And you were like, uh, we'll get a kitchen environment going on. Mm-hmm. And we've managed to, we're down here at uh, Puha and Pakia, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which has a very garage kitchen vibe. With deep respect, I say that to the chef yeah. who's uh, within earshot, <laughs> with this incredible food. Mm. Um, did it speak to anyone else? Can I just ask about like in terms of uh, tikanga and in terms of like feeling uncomfortable eating and that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have the same understanding, but it's interesting because my understanding of tikanga and, and eating food and tapu comes from my mother, who's Pākehā. Right. Yeah, and a lot of that is because she um, raised me and my brothers and sisters through the placenta philosophy, and they have a really strong understanding of tying and um, childcare with tikanga Māori and mm-hmm. and so w- whereas my father was quite disenfranchised from being Māori, mm-hmm. my mother was often the one who taught us well, That's interesting Courtney yeah. because I think my parents had a similar relationship with Fa'a Samoa yeah. my dad was a bit laissez-faire mm-hmm. you know, we'll send them to a high school where they teach it and you can take it as a subject whereas both my mother and my stepmother were like he's got to learn the stuff Yeah uh, he's already going to be the palest Samoan in the family. <laughs> <laughs> no, our Pākehā mums were our bastions as well. You know, they looked after us too in that way. Pēhōwhakaaro, and what would you think if... <laughs> how did you react when I said, so there's my chicken? <laughs> yeah, 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 same. It was kind of um, a little bit uh, abhorrent, actually. Yeah. But, um, I mean, there's a, there's a whole range of tikanga around kai. And um, a lot of the um, tikanga that we have around is all set down in our traditional narratives, which unfortunately, mm. uh, due to colonisation, are not commonly known. Mm. It's not common knowledge these days about where all of this tikanga around kai comes from. And if you if you delve deep enough and you um, and you are connected with the right people, who will tell you about you know where the origins of food come from and all of the the different protocols that ha- we have around food, that's where you get the knowledge around it and that's where you understand it better mm. as to why food is um, viewed the way it is and respected the way it is and treated with, you know, with, 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 with caution yep. around a lot of different areas. And Our six-year-old, she context. polices it. Like if we're in the, <laughs> in the movie toilet, she goes, Mama, and she'll be speaking Mama, she's going, why are they bringing their drink in here? And <laughs> 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 you know, you're walking in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got your drink and your popcorn, and you think, oh, I'll just go to the toilet first and walk, yeah. up, we'll walk to the toilet. Like, we, we'll leave our food outside the door. Yeah. If, it gets, if it gets swiped, mm-hmm. so be it. But we'd rather it got taken rather than us compromise our, ourselves by walking in and taking our food into the. 
in no, restrooms. It's interesting. I feel like that's more uh, an example of how much people just accept the unhygienicness of movie theatre food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where a lot of the technology does come from. It's just general hygiene, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Don't put your asses with your glasses, I think. Hey, <laughs> there you go. That's the title of the show. Yeah. <laughs> that proverb come from it. That's a pocket proverb. With that in mind, uh, shall we also observe Tikanga and uh, so we can get into this incredible fried chicken? Yeah. Okay, no my ngā hua, papa hura, warangi nui ke te kai, fi itiki ke ora haumi e hui e tāiki e. Mauri ora, ke pai te kai. Now, while you guys dig in, I've just, I've written down uh, the menu here, because, oh, listeners, let me tell you, we have watercress salad, and that is almost the end of the greenery. With uh, harakeke seeds. Harakeke seeds. Uh, we have chicken sandwich with pickled kamo kamo. Oh, there's a black garlic and manuka, and then... Rewana? Rewana? bread. We have fried cauliflower with potipiku kawara rub. And then we have hungry cooked kumara bites. And we have a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no best foods. And there's no best foods mayo. There's pickled kamo kamo. Man, it's good. Because um, did everyone here grow up uh, with, with a strong sense of culture? No, not at all. Yeah? No, no. um... My, in pa- um, Pakeha on my mum's side, Māori on my dad's side, um, and my dad um, and my mum separated when I was five. And we moved in with my mum's family, with my nan and granddad's, and um, yeah, no connection until I got to university, really. Well, how did that reconnection start? Could I, ask? Um, I took uh, Māori 130, shout out to <laughs> University of Auckland Māori <laughs> 130. Um, yeah, I just really um, vibed with it, and I thought... Yeah, this is something I really want to do. And um, my boyfriend at the time, he was taking um, rail papers at AUT. And I was like, I can't have this white guy know more Māori than I do. This <laughs> <laughs> is shameful. And so I started taking them at AUT as well. And now I'm up to the, the stage three papers. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, slow journey, but getting there. Is it, um, you say that with a smile. Like, is, yeah. is, is it a joyful journey? Oh, I mean, parts of it, I think reconnection is, is tough, but... No, I've learnt languages before. I've done like French and Spanish and a whole bunch of colonial languages because mm. um, that's what you teach you at school. Mm. But, um, yeah, when it's a language that you feel like you should know, I think it becomes a little bit harder. But I think there are kind of periods of you have like key breakthroughs. Mm. And like I'm up to the, the second breakthrough where you can understand what people are saying and it's a little bit harder to respond. But like that's when you like, you feel real cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I know what's going on. Get the marama. Yeah, hi, Tika. But... Um, I'm just slow to respond, so that's the thing that I'm working on now. Yeah, I think what you're talking about in, in terms of lang- language trauma mm-hmm. is totally. um, really interesting because it like, manifests in so many different ways mm. of feeling whakama, of um, feeling part of something, but then you can't express it, mm-hmm. and then the trauma that is sometimes not even just only yours, but mm-hmm. your, and your whole whānau and the loss and the um, mama and all the... Yeah, I guess the embarrassment and, mm-hmm. and the pain mm-hmm. that we can't express like, yeah, our true selves. So I did the same. I learnt Japanese first. Yeah. And, and that was easy. I was like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, no worries at all. But with Māori, it's like painful. Mm. It's like ripping scars. And, and if people are going, are they going to talk about mental health? Well, <laughs> actually, it's so connected yeah, in absolutely. terms of yeah. how connected you feel mm. to yourself and how mm. you define yourself. And 
your Māori self and how we express that. Mm-hmm. And how we think. Mm. You know, I think people, we, we uh, take for granted sometimes that the language that we use is how we think and mm-hmm. of, in and of ourselves and to ourselves. The way we talk to ourselves is in the languages that we know. Mm. So if you have a disconnection to your language, so that when you say linguistic trauma, mm. I think that's the first time we've heard that term on this whole podcast. Oh, yeah, don't worry. When Scotty first said it on TV, people were like, oh, that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, people don't know. This is what happens when you beat children and say you will not speak this language and you, and you actively work to colonise a language and to minimise its value. Mm. Yeah, that, that's definitely the story that happened in, in my family, my grandfather. Um, is uh, from up north and he came down didn't speak the language and the big message that he gave my dad growing up was if you want to succeed in the world you better act like a Pākehā yeah. and my dad really took that on and my dad is super successful mm-hmm. and he sort of just left that part of him behind and he did have parts in his life where he, he tried to reconnect and, and that's his journey that he's on um, but yeah that feeling of it's something that I should already know is, is, can be really shameful and especially like during school like looking Māori and being very proud of being Māori but not having that connection can be yeah devastating and mm. like, I remember we went to a performance um, uh, that was put on by a Māori theatre company and then at the end they all did a waiata and did koha and stuff and everyone because I went to school in Ponsonby all of my classmates looked at me like oh what do we do and I was like, wanted to just <laughs> melt into the ground. So I had no idea what to do. And it was so shameful. And that, that shame didn't come from other Māori people. Yeah. It, yeah, it came from those situations a lot of the time. But, you know, um, you know we can feel our tūpuna with us in their pain. Mm. And even if we don't have the words for it, or we don't have the, I guess, the means to express it, we feel it. And mm. I think it's really dangerous. It's part of our disconnect and part of when our people get into trouble. Mm. It's because we, we know that's us. And then especially as men, I think, you know, the spirituality of Māori men, um, we are very spiritual people. Mm. And so I guess I talk about spiritual side of um, mental health in that way mm. more than I would talk about mental health, but how your wairua is feeling is much more how I perceive uh, mental health in a Māori framework of mm. thinking. Um, but then for men, for Māori men not to have a way to express their spirituality, I just see it as a real um, block mm. and, and vulnerability. There's a lot of theatre, Scotty, that I find in, in Māori and Pacific, um, especially in the, in the younger practitioners, uh, because it's, uh, we often joke that you, you write your first play about your family. Because <laughs> that's the only way you know how to talk to them. <laughs> this is my therapy. <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> what was your first play? <laughs> I, I still tell my parents a lot about my social life by giving them free tickets to opening night. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. have, you, have you found that, like, as, as a theatre practitioner, um, like how, how have you found that those discussions... Um, have opened up over the years? Well, you really have to dive into the work and then that's where you start finding everything. Mm. And it's a really inflective way of therapy because you are actually writing stuff and putting it up and performing it and your body goes through all those emotions and then your brain kicks in and goes, oh, that's <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> so it's a different way of reconnecting everything back up. Mm. So, Tamanao, you're a teacher. 
of language. Mm. What's your experience been in terms of like seeing the language grow, but also being there at the front line of the reconnection of people in language? And your Jedi training. <laughs> and your Jedi. Oh. <laughs> very, it's, it's, it's encouraging, actually. It's very encouraging, especially the last three or so years. There's been a big attitudinal shift uh, in terms of, um, and I'm talking about wider community, you know, mm. wider New Zealand community towards um, the value of Māori language. Mm. And if people's attitudes are better towards Māori language, then they see value in it, that gives it status, and that's a big part of revitalization of our language. Mm. Those two key things, the status and the, and the attitude towards mm. it. So, um, but, but in terms of, I mean, you see the, the language trauma um, on a daily basis when you're teaching, when mm. you're at the forefront and you're teaching people because there's a big difference between the Māori students and the non-Māori students. The non-Māori students, they just go, 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 whereas mm. the Māori students tend to have a lot of, for want of a better word, a lot of baggage that, and a lot that they need to deal with on an emotional level mm. before they can clear pathways for them to start to learn. Mm. And, you know, things like whakamaa is, is a big one. Mm. Um, you know, that uh, inherent feeling that a lot of them have that um, we should know this language mm. and deep down inside I should know this mm. but I don't know this and that's, that's like a that can be quite um, a big challenge for them to get, get past that and start mm. to learn because they see other people in the classroom who don't have that mm. issue to deal with and they just charge forward whereas they're, they're trying to deal with all this emotional stuff mm. before they can actually learn so you see that you see that on a daily basis, and you see the Māori students struggling mm. because the other ones are excelling and they're not. Mm. But it's their language, mm. um, and so. Um, but uh, but in saying that, at the same time, when when they do start to progress and when they do start to find, you know, we, we look for a lot of different um, avenues to break down barriers and make it better for them, to, so that they can start to, to progress as well. But when they progress and when they get it, you see, you, you start to see the transformative powers that the language has for people. Mm. And that, that's, that can be, it's usually on a spiritual and emotional level, but it can be on a physical level as well, because it's language these days, especially Māori language, it's valued more, so it starts to open up doorways mm. and pathways for people into employment. I want to I pick up on two things you mentioned there. I'm going to come to spirituality mm. and the way it uh, ties into mental health, but I also want to pick up on that word value. Mm. Uh, and and uh, I think when we think about mental health, we often think about people whose sense of self-value um, is either starts at a low place or due to environmental circumstances mm. decreases to a low place. Mm. Um, how do each of you see in terms when we talk about linguistic trauma and which all just about culture and value, um, how do you guys see it affecting people when what you feel is of value to you is not necessarily seen as of value to society? Mm. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Because and, and and that's the thing because Maori have been in that position for so long uh, that um, it, it's a generational thing for us to deal with now. Mm. And so um, it, it, it's a uh, and everybody's sort of different in how they need to be approach the mm. the trauma that they have and how they're gonna how they're gonna deal with it and mitigate it and try and move forward with it. So. Um, but, you know, I mean, a typical thing, especially the language, I mean, we've been fighting for so long for the language to be valued, and it's only just starting to, ha to happen now. I mean, um, when, you, when you get negativity around your own language, and then you get your negative portrayals in media and things like that, you get negative statistics always thrown at you. There's never anything positive mm -hmm. that's promoted. Mm -hmm. 
your Māori if you've done something wrong, whereas your New Zealander if you've done something <laughs> right. All <laughs> yeah, of those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. You know, or the combination of all of that kind of propaganda, I suppose. Is it propaganda the right word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely. It, 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 it yeah. does have an impact on people. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then you get people turning around now going... Why are Māori so you know messed up? Why are they at the top of all the all mm. the um, mental health statistics? Yeah, mm. and and it's it's a big plethora of things. It's a big problem, and it's been happening for a long time. And that's why we're in the position <coughs> we're in. And it's poverty, too, all of those kind of things. When you're constantly yeah. bombarded by those images yeah. and stuff, you're and if that's the only vision that you see yourself as, you're just going to rise to that yeah. instead of going, I can be something else. Yeah, right. Oh. oh. <laughs> Chicken on the ground? Cauliflower. Cauliflower. Yeah, that's Cauliflower down. But it's like what Courtney was saying. I mean, that's the story for my whanau as well. Is go, oh, well, even though you are Māori, you might do okay anyway. You know, that, that it's kind of like be successful or be Māori. Mm-hmm. And so it's about uh, how we value ourselves, but also how our values are valued. Mm. Because if we are meant to be spiritual people, we're meant to be collective people who think of uh, wider, something that's bigger than us, our culture is bigger than us, we're connected to other people, our hapu, our iwi, our whanau, and yet we're in a society where the individual mm-hmm. wins and the individual's success is celebrated. And then there's all those things that don't fit and don't match and you don't feel like you are right. Mm-hmm. You know, yet again, I don't quite fit this bill. So those are the things that impact how our self-image and our self-worth is built mm. to go, so if I'm going to be, um, if I'm a clever person, mm. then I can be that clever Māori and I can build my self-esteem mm. around that. Mm. But if I'm a disconnected Māori who actually doesn't even like the fact that I'm Māori, then I'm just in this constant battle mm. of trying not to be who I am, mm. who I can't f- actually change uh, but sometimes Māori are their own worst enemies too because mm, yeah. we've been so indoctrinated to thinking that we mm. uh, are at this level and don't go any higher that when someone does go higher, mm. Māori will turn on them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so who do you think you are? You know, all that kind of stuff, you know, being up there, being a flesh, whatever, a lawyer, doctor, or whatever. You're allowed to be a sports you know? person, you're allowed to be funny. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. All those things, but just mm. don't get too up yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, because, of course, we're second behind Māori when it comes to those wonderful mm. statistics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quite a big gap, though. Quite a big gap. Mm. Because there was, you said something, and I went, ha-ha, I relate. And all the rest of you went, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, Courtney, have you found that, like, in growing up, the, the disconnection? Yeah, it was uh, funny when you were just saying about how when you come into... Because I, I took a Māori language course through Te Wananga mm. and that that feeling of all that baggage and like a little bit of resentment of all the Pakeha and Chinese students uh-huh. who were just... Smashing it. Smashing it yeah. and just going hard. And also the fact that like I was a 30-year-old going back into a study situation was also like, oh, that was anxiety on top of that. Mm. But how... Even though I didn't continue into the second year, and I hope to at some point, that that learning actually dislodged something in me, and I don't know, made it easier for me to accept myself a little bit more. It made me think seriously about my career path and and following my passions and stuff. And I don't actually think that if I hadn't done that course, I don't think I would have tried comedy six months ago, oh, and wow. I wouldn't have. And, and connecting with um, people from my family and learning about um, the history of 
old tradition, telling stories, yeah. especially from Ngāti Kuri, and, and listen, listening and learning to all these stories and being like, oh, that is actually me. Mm-hmm. Even though I haven't grown up with Rio in the home, I, you know, I, I did struggle with some sort of being stuck in the middle of a lot of parts of it. It means that, like, even though I didn't grow up with it, I can't really get away with it, mm-hmm. get away from it. I mean, the thing around identity rejection is massive, especially among urban Māori. I think it's a huge thing, is that um, they talk about in psychology this like single standard story around Māori and it is those negative representations that that depiction of of Māori as you know lower class violent abusive Mm. um and when you don't have that representation around you that you kind of get on the marae and like extended whānau that kind of demonstrates that actually we're not like this you can kind of just you drink the Kool-Aid you're like oh yeah that's Mm. who we are and so like especially at school it can be really toxic because you can kind of you can be Māori, or you can be smart, but like the idea is that you can't be both. It's not attributed to being Māori. Mm. And yeah, that can kind of... You have to like unpack that. Mm. I think it takes time to kind of do that. And the, you know, talking about value, it's like how he was in the top stream of high school, so he was offered French and German, and it wasn't <laughs> until if you were in the bottom stream you were offered Māori. Mm. So those kind of things about value. And I'd have people say to me, you're actually quite bright. And I'm like, why are they saying actually? Yeah. Why? You've done yeah. well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Actually, not... Not bad for a Māori. Yeah. yeah. I'm native. But... Um, that's what also what I mm. say to Rangatahi when they come in and they come to this flash media building and I say, I just need you to know that you belong here. Mm-hmm. This place, mm. you belong in this place, people who look like us, who think like us, who are like us, we mm-hmm. belong here. And that's all I need you to know. Mm-hmm. And the transformativeness that Scotty talked about, I mean, basically, you talked about how, funnily enough, that it'll unlock your comedian life. I think we wouldn't be married if we hadn't followed our path in mm-hmm. terms of that it'll transformed him. He was a total shit. Might have been. (laughs) Um, Scotty, you are working in theatre, which I think New Zealand's history of theatre is very much a European model. Mm. Have you found the same thing with what Stacey's saying about like making sure when people come in, they know that they're meant to be there? Yeah, I'm lucky that I'm friends with a lot of established Maori actors and creators. So the door has always been open for me. They've just gone to come in. Mm. And now that door's still open for young Māori to come in too. And they just bloom. So there's no shortage in us performing and telling our own stories. Mm. It's just getting them to the right places. It's mm. hard getting a Māori crowd in there. But once you do, it's like, ah, Mm. Come back and see another show. <laughs> yeah, you mm. need to set it up as a garage party. So come to the garage party. <laughs> there is a garage party one. It's called us. No, party with the aunties. Party with the aunties. Party with the aunties. Oh. Uh, Matariki, Adana. Jamie McCaskill and Edna. Yeah, mm. and Edna built that for you know for the peeps. Mm. Yeah, mm. but it's in our traditions. Yeah, performances are always. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's part like of the culture. And and even uh, you know when when Scotty talks about acting and how you sort of move out of yourself and become this other character for a little while until the uh, you know end of the show then you go back into your normal normal self i mean that that's what we do when we haka when mm. we haka mm-hmm. you you transform when during a haka you're out there and you you become this totally different beast mm. Mm. and then you then when the haka is finished you you're back into your normal self when mm. you get up to perform oratory on a marae mm. you tr- you move to a different space mm. and you become a diff- you become the orator mm. and it's all part of your performance what you're doing on the marae and then you transform back into how you were before mm. once you finish your speech so all of those kind of things but but the, the key to all of those and this is this is why I think that there, there is a little bit of 
well, you know, why there's a lot of um, issues with um, with uh, the Māori mind and, and Māori men- mental, mental health is because a lot of our people don't know how to transform back mm. once they've gone into a different space mm. and into a different sort of zone or, mm. or, or, or um, position of wairua, then they don't know how to transform back. And, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a, it's a knowledge thing that's been lost over the years through legislation but also with colonisation. Mm. And it's our ability to karakia. Mm. It's our ability mm. to taku taku. And it's mm. our ability to be able to uh, connect with our deities mm. and make sure that when we come back from these other different spaces that we've been in, these other characters that we've been in, to transform back to taku taku to our atua to make sure that we become culturally safe, spiritually safe. Mm. And to me, that, that's part of the reason why we have a bit of an issue with mental health because most of our people don't know how to taku taku and don't know how to connect spiritually. I think that's why whakamomori is so high. Yeah. yeah. Because they get stuck in those other zones. They get stuck in zones. They get stuck in between. Mm. You know? And then they, they what we, we call it whakawhenua. It's kind of like bringing yourself back to, to, to terra firma, back to land base. Yeah, right. So that if you, if you sort of move into different realms and you go into different you know, areas mm. in a spiritual sense, but also you know, your physical self moves, but then it's, it's really your spirit that moves there. Eh? When you go to do, into p- p- position to another character, you're still in your body, but your, your whole ahua, what's that, ahua, mm. and your whole wairua changes to become that other person mm. that you need to transform back. I want to um, do a... I need to write another book. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many. I mean, Stace is talking about how we're trained and all this kind of mm. stuff because we, we did a four-year apprenticeship and uh, one, of, one of the last um, known tohunga, you know, mm. in a traditional sense. Mm. He taught us a lot about the spirituality side of things and... Um, yeah, it, it's that knowledge I think that we, we don't have. We don't have those people that we can go to mm. to protect ourselves spiritually. And that mātauranga Māori has been devalued mm. Mm. and it can offer so much in practice. Totally, yeah. I mean, especially in psychology spaces, it's not, well, it's not uplifted and kind of valued in the same way that kind of Western models are. We always talk around things like cognitive behavioural therapy, which is imported from the US and the UK. And so the context is completely different. The ways of understanding the world are very different. It is, as you said before, that that individual. And so there's no conceptualisation of, you know, how can you be well if your family isn't well? Like, it's it's always around your own problems Mm -hmm. um, and... In that it's it's the mental it's it's disconnected from from the body from the spirit, um, from your kind of more holistic sense of self. Mm. I think it's the big difficulty. I think especially um, with things like fakamomori suicide, a lot of it is around like you know transgression of of tapu of you know through things like abuse, violence. Mm. What effects it has not just on your mental health but your kind of spiritual and physical health and well-being. Mm. And I don't think many clinicians are, are well equipped to kind of deal with that. I think so, just to be clear, those models you're talking about, it's not that they don't work. Right. It's that there's the keywords disconnect, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's that it's a, it's a model which doesn't because it's just coming from outside and not contextualizing. Mm. Would that be the right language? Right. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, I think it can definitely work. You know, some Māori, you know, really love CBT. It's very structured. You do homework. Can be a great time. But um, often it, it doesn't see people as kind of whole selves. It's kind of like we're addressing a problem, we're making a list of how we can kind of do that, and you kind of go through very structured steps. 
Um, and there are some researchers that have done amazing work to kind of contextualize it somewhat, so you can kind of do CBT modifications for Māori. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not really at a, a phase where we kind of have a real uh, clinical psychology approach that is Māori-centred and kind of focused around Mātauranga Māori as kind of being the primary driver. We're getting there, mm-hmm. it's just there aren't really the numbers of clinical psychs at the moment who are Māori, or kind of have that knowledge to kind of push that Mata, forward. Matakite is a typical example yeah. of this. You know, mm-hmm. so like, um, even Māori whānau don't recognise the signs of a mm. matakite in their kids when they start to manifest. Right. And, and, and a, a psych- clinical psychologist is basing all of their knowledge on, on Western information and, mm. and how they've been taught on Western models and stuff will go, yes, there's some mental problems going on there. Mm. Whereas a, a, a Māori person who understands the... Um, the, the, the signs of matakite manifesting themselves say, no, leave him alone and let those... Because mm. if, if Western psychologists come over the top of it, they press, they, they, they'll oppress it mm. and they'll push it out of him mm. or her. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but, you know, like uh, something like if they're talking to an imaginary friend all the time mm. and, they, mm. you know, someone goes, jeez, he's gone nuts. You yeah, know, right. Maybe you need to get him to a, psycho- a psychologist mm. or something, a psychiatrist, get him sorted out. There's something wrong with his head. Whereas in Māori terms, that's a sign. It's a sign that people are talking to him, he can, under, he can hear things, and that's starting to manifest as matakite, so I'm talking about foresight, eh? being able to predict things and see things into the future. <coughs> so, you know, you've got to be careful about diagnosing Māori mm. kids, especially who, who've got particular uh, skills starting to manifest that you don't get Western models coming over the top and going, yes, there's something wrong, there's a mental problem or something, when it's, it's not a mental problem mm. at all, there's something in their spiritual makeup that they're able to access things that other normal people can't. There's one book at the moment, um, It's a great book um, that kind of explores um, one, woman, one woman's story and it has different Māori clinical psychologists and psychologists explore um, from a Māori perspective how we can understand the difficulties which kind of been diagnosed as depression, psychosis and things like that. They kind of don't really use those labels as such but kind of explore things like matakite mm. um, but also, you know, intergenerational trauma, oh. colonisation, mm. um, having that broader context in which to kind of situate tangata uh, faiora, which is mm. the word I like to use instead of client. Yeah. yeah <laughs> much nicer. Someone who's seeking health or yeah. well-being. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Māori we use mate hening aro quite a bit. Yeah. But that always inter- means that something's wrong with mm. the person. So I prefer to use hauwara hiningaro, mm. which is like mental well-being rather than yeah. something. A mate is like something's wrong there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've already got the connotation that something's mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same with oranga tamariki. Mm. The idea behind that was that we'll talk about the well-being of the mm-hmm. child, not the vulnerability of the mm-hmm. child. Right. But mm-hmm. then you have the mismatch of the name does not mm-hmm. fit the practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Not at the moment anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, let me ask about um, spiritualization. Spiritualization, uh, I think we've, we've talked about in terms of um, the holisticness mm-hmm. of mental health. Um, but I want to talk about in terms of recovery um, and where, where that sits within martyrdom. I, I can uh, relate to it again from a Pacific point of view with vow, with the way that we have our own spiritualization. It's not all just Moana. Uh, <laughs> but where does, that, where does that sit for you guys in terms of the journey of mental health and a broader understanding? So there's a famous model for Māori health written by Sir Mason Drew and he talks about the whare tapawha and so we just naturally talk about taha whānau, so our whānau, taha tīnana, our physical health, taha hiningaro, our mental health and taha wairua, our spiritual health. But those two really interact so strongly that um, I don't know that I 
can actually or feel like I want to separate them in definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just see it's like because this is us and it, it, it's who we are, if we stop that, it's like a, a tube or something that comes down, you know, like an eardrum that's blocked. When I see our people haka and waiata, that's why I get so emotional because mm-hmm. I just think it's wairua Māori at its finest mm-hmm. and showing, you know, your true self and it's our way of moving, it's our way of, you know, those feelings of and getting goosebumps and, and how we move other people. You know, when people are moved to tears watching haka mm-hmm. and waiata, I think it's because it's this uh, spiritual experience and, and a vibration of feelings that you just... Don't, so heightened and another way of getting that is obviously drugs mm. so <laughs> one of, I think that's one of the yeah. yeah one of the reasons why we go I, I want those feelings and, mm. and it can be dangerous for our people like if I can't have my spirituality and have those natural ways of accessing mm. heightened feelings then I'm going to go for the one that I can buy mm. yeah uh, accessing our spirituality can be in different ways, like singing together. When we have mm. wayata and we get up and we all know the words, I can see Pakistan is going, oh man, like when was mm. the last time you sang with a whole group of adults? Mm. So to feel that unity, and especially as Māori who have had to work hard to reconnect, and, and suddenly to feel like, damn it, I know this one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, I'm, I'm one of the team, you know, like that's what. New Zealanders in, on their OE do they go to Tedamainga? You know, and because you feel connected, yeah. because we are a people who crave to be connected, because mm. we come from a collective culture. Mm. Again, when we we talk about the uh, the effect on mental health, I can name you a whole bunch of civil rights heroes from the American struggle, mm. much more than I think I can name. New Zealand's civil rights heroes. Yeah, yeah I, I think when I was 15, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X and mm. I just became hardcore militant. <laughs> 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 and it was my favourite book and it was just like ripped to shreds. But I think, yeah, maybe because I didn't see those heroes in my own culture, not through any fault of the heroes themselves, mm. but just mm. because of the way that it is, that I sort of jumped on someone else's <laughs> struggle a little bit. But the, you know that was an active act right. of the right. of our history and what we were taught at school. Mm. Um, that we, you know, taught we Abel Tasman discovered New Zealand, even though we're already hanging out here. <laughs> um, but it's also a Venn diagram thing of we can, as Indigenous peoples, have aroha for the mm. struggle, and that we can relate. And you know, I still have, you know. I go to something like Wakanda, uh, like Black, Black Panther, Panther. Yeah. and I was like, beside <laughs> myself. I was like, Wakanda forever. <laughs> this is like too hoi. <laughs> but I was just like, yeah, I'm so there. I'm so there. And because, you know, in Avatar, that's a tinoranga tiratanga story. Yeah. You know, you can relate it to so many things and when you recognise a struggle then you have aroha for it and also the argument of like that was 200 years ago I didn't do anything it doesn't do with me I wasn't alive and it's like yeah, for you it might seem like 200 years ago but for me it doesn't it feels like yesterday Mm -hmm. it feels like right now like that pain that I feel and stuff and I'm not asking to talk about it and for you to fix it but just Mm -hmm. like listen and just be like that sucks and like Mm -hmm. how can we move forward there's a metaphor I've heard in the Pacific, which I think might apply here. It's mixed race kids at a bridge, mm. uh, which sounds lovely until you realise you're the one holding up the conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, it is exhausting. I, I, I was in a relationship with a Pākehā man and we would often have disagreements around culture and the, we had a massive fight one time and the police came to our house and it was terrible and they split us up and sat us down and the policewoman was like, so what were you arguing about? And I was like, um, the, the treaty. <laughs> she was like, sorry, what? The tree, the tree. We're arguing. Perfect. You can see what we look <laughs> And you go, so how does that affect our mental health? A lot. <laughs> because I'm going, do I choose this argument or don't I? Uh, you know, all of those questions <laughs> and, and decisions. And then I guess, you know, talking about relationships, um, it presents opportunity because mm. one thing I really appreciate about my husband is his spirituality um, and that we're able to relate on that level and without talking and that it's able, yeah, that he has access to that is, I guess, a deeper part of our connection, even though he's making faces at me right it's now. Easy, <laughs> it saves me, yeah, that, that, yeah. that, that spiritualness, that, the spirituality that we've been mm. taught, the ability to be able to do karaki, and that saves me from a lot of... Health pro- mental health problems, I reckon. Because yeah. it gives me somewhere to put everything. So I don't <laughs> carry <laughs> I don't carry it in, yeah. in here or in here or in here. It's, it's, I'm not carrying it. I, I've got mechanisms to offload and put, put so it, that it doesn't come somewhere out so that it doesn't yeah. weigh me down and push me into a depressive state or anything, I think. Um, and, and like I said earlier, I think that's where uh, where we find a lot of our mental health problems are coming from is that the, the connection with the spiritual side has mm. been broken down over the years and people don't haven't got the ability to to connect with their spirituality and then look at avenues that they can use mm. within the culture mm. to deal with a lot of things that that they have. But you know, like when we talk about no language, no you know, fuck a papa they've lost fuck a papa, mm. they've lost mm. connection with tribal um Areas and all that mm. kind of thing, all of that, man. I mean, how are you supposed to deal with that? That's pretty heavy, yeah. heavy stuff to be carrying. And it's that weight, uh, Logan. I'll check my language with you when we talk about like mm. depression and, and value. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the word that I can come back to, but also anxiety. Because Stacey, I hear what you're saying. Scott, I hear what you're saying. Gordon, I hear what you're saying. And I think, well, I think when people get tired in that environment, they go, "Oh, I'm just not going to engage." Mm. Now suddenly you're shut off. Suddenly you're not going to take job opportunities or to events because you're like going to be the only Māori in the room and you're like, oh, I better compartmentalise 20 minutes for the same conversation seven times, you know? Yeah, I mean, burnout is a huge thing, especially Mm. for Māori, but also, you know, any kind of marginalised community and that you're having to invest emotional labour and conversations that others in the majority don't have to do. And so um, as a... A future psychologist, um, I wanted to make sure that I had supervisors who were Māori who would be able to help guide me in that process, which I think is really important, um, is to know who you can talk to when you're facing difficulties and having someone who can be, whether it's a komatua, an elder, whoever is having that support person, because the biggest thing is, you know, disconnection is a huge part of um, mental health, is that when you feel disconnected, that is when the trouble starts. It's through mm-hmm. engaging with other people through that connection, especially if we think around, you know, being a collectivist culture, then, you know, we... are supposed to be yeah, connected. Yeah, mm. we're supposed to be connected. And then if you don't have your whakapapa, if you don't have your language, how are you meant to connect? Mm. How are you meant to engage with others? It becomes so much harder. And I think, you know, when you see people face-to-face and you hear their stories, and not just their stories, but the stories of their whānau, um, that they also have to carry. I think it, it is very hard. You have to 
work with so many layers and there is that wairua, that spiritual element alongside that. And that's why, you know, that it can't just be a clinical psychologist. There has to be a, a broader approach to kind of engaging with Māori health and wellbeing that includes that kind of cultural element, not just this is CBT, this is how we go through it. Mm. Yeah, it's where rongoa comes in, mm. you know, different methods of healing. Like we even, we have karamu at our door mm -hmm. and that part of that is about uh, warding off mm. um, bad energy that we know gets sent our way mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that kind of thing. And then looking at the tohu, you know, looking mm. at things like um, manu will tell you what's going on mm. as well. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, where's that tui? How, how, oh, I have five today. Okay, what do we need to talk about? You know, mm. that kind of stuff. So all of those things that can be part of our self-care and mm. our um, understanding and, and interpretation, the whakamaori tangoteo. I think that helps break down the stigma of looking for help too, if mm. you put it in a way that you can understand it and not mm. just going, um, I'm crazy or I'm mental, you're putting mm. it in a proper context for Māori mm. people where we go, this is what it is mm -hmm. and this is mm. that comes with it. So it's, mm. it breaks that thing of going, I need to find help mm. <laughs> and just put it in a gentle way that goes, this is my help you with this little practice. I think in, in our culture, mm. in a traditional <coughs> sense, mm. pre-European times, I think we had all of the mechanisms in our culture to deal with depression, mental health, all of these kind of things. We, we had whakamomori, there, there, was, there, there is evidence of suicide in, mm. in our traditional narratives and mm. stuff, and in, in some of our moteata, mm. our chants that were composed you know, centuries ago, there's, there are instances of whakamomori in them. Mm -hmm. But my understanding is it wasn't a widespread thing, and sometimes it was does, done uh, to mana enhance, sometimes. Mm. Um, just depends what the situation was. Mm. But then if we fast forward now, they, all of those mechanisms have been broken down so much that we don't have them anymore. We don't know where to go. Mm. We go to, the, to things that are foreign to us, mm -hmm. really, mm. Um, to try and deal with it. And then... Then, you, then it starts to impact on other cultures because we had a, quite a, a major um, uh, instance of suicide at, at our workplace mm -hmm. and the people there were just totally, you know, didn't have anywhere, didn't know how to deal with it, had nothing. Mm -hmm. There was no mechanism, no nothing. They, they got counsellors into the building and all that kind of stuff to try and help people through it. But they were so traumatised and they didn't know what to do. Mm. So we just put a thing out, said we're going to do a puri on this fella's um, workspace. Mm. We're going to clear it all away. And we're going to do a blessing on everybody who wants to come. And if you want to come, come to it. It's at 9 o'clock tomorrow. Mm. Just about the whole workplace turned up. And this is like ooh, hundreds, a couple of hundred people turned up, mm. crowded into this room. And we, and we did this, the, this purification thing and did a, did a sending of his wairua all at the same time. Mm. Did a, a, a cleansing of everybody was, that was there, mm. and and they were just sort of bluntly, you know, they had, they had tears in their eyes. The, the CEO, all of a sudden, he just tr transformed them totally. The whole experience transformed the whole, just about transformed the whole building, just in that because of that one event, mm. and and it was because they, in in terms of what they were experiencing, the trauma they were going through, they didn't know where to put it. Mm. And what our culture did on that day was it gave them a place to put all their trauma, all of their um, sorrow, their grief and all that mm. kind of stuff. It gave them somewhere to put, put that and it gave them some kind of um, yeah, purification thing to say, it's okay, we've put him, we've sent him, we've, we've told him where he needs to go, he, he'll be okay, he'll be okay. Is, is being a New Zealander to have access 
to Maori culture? Is it, if you are a New Zealander, I always say that Maori culture is a gift for New Zealanders, mm. from Tuta de Mana Iwi yeah, yeah, to yeah. being able to appreciate if the haka. Everybody thought that way. But <laughs> and I, and I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the crux of it. Right? <laughs> Maori culture is Maori culture, and all of New Zealand can participate. Mm. Yeah. It is important to stay distinct and, and not don't to go... cherry pick. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And don't just go, good, good. No, no, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah. And be mindful of that. It's, it's like with anyone. And, and I actually think if we invest more in Pākehā, feeling good about Pākehā culture, that will be helpful. Because mm. the more you respect and, and are happy about your uniqueness, the more you can engage with other people mm. uh, who are different. Mm. So it's just like any marriage, you know. If you're going to just have one who gets one partner in the marriage getting to tell the other one what's okay, mm. it's not going to be a happy marriage. And we're stuck in this marriage. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We can't go anywhere. We can't divorce. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll divorce myself. <laughs> uh, one thing I always do at the end of uh, the podcast is um, I ask anyone if there's anything they want to share in the shower, uh, which I would now throw out to you guys. Is there... Anything, uh, maybe we'll start with you, Courtney, and just go around. Is there anything you guys would like to share uh, at the table um, mm -hmm. uh, before we uh, stop recording and just get back to eating? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to share my gratitude for this conversation. It's been really lovely. I feel like I've learned lots. I feel like I've been able to get some things off my chest as well. So thank you all very much for having me. Um, yeah, yeah. Eto Man, I've had a great time. <laughs> it's really interesting hearing everyone's whakaro on this issue and realising that there's so much more to say about it. So, yeah, thanks. Beautiful kōrero. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, talk what everyone said. Um, yeah, I feel really privileged to have had this conversation. Um, to anyone who's listening... Um, please come learn about our traditions, mm. our ways of being. Um, I was at a talk by Leonie Pihama, and mm -hmm. um, she says, um, he rongoa te reo, he rongoa um, te, te tūkiri Māori. So mm. it's a learning the language, um, being familiar with the culture is, is part of healing. It's um, healing for us. But she also says to tread lightly. Mm. And to um, be gentle when you're encroaching on other spaces. Mm. So um, I think mm. those are two things that I would take. Mm. Send out to everyone. Uh, and to Totoko, you were saying, yeah, I think for the people who are listening, and if you feel at all disconnected, know mm. that we are with you. Mm. Uh, we are you and you are us. And your struggles are our struggles. Kai mm -hmm. um, to ahurea Māori, to wairua Māori, uh, ki te hāpai, ki te hiki to wairua. Mm. Kau e māharahara, ka kore koe ngaro. Uh, you will not be lost because you are one of us. Mm. Okay. And I'll just say as the Pākehā 
of the table, one of the lovely things about having you all here is occasionally when you drop into Leo, uh, I can understand a couple of words <laughs> because that's the, the unhidden truth we don't talk about in New Zealand, which is we all know a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's in there. Yeah. Oh, it's in the Samoan connection, yes. Yeah, it's mm. yeah well, it's that, that Samoan connection, uh, it's, it's an interesting one because I, I do, I am Pakeha. Uh, that is correct? Mm. Yeah, because people sometimes go, well, you know, you're Maori and Pacifica. And I'm like, no, no, you, you're thinking of the stats, yeah. the word itself. <laughs> yeah. mm. So for anyone listening uh, who is going, oh, I'm Pakeha, well, so am I. And let me tell you, <laughs> you want to get to the table because the chicken is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the chicken, and because, you know, we're, we're doing tikanga Maori and stuff, we, we usually to, to pay homage and acknowledgement to the person who's provided the food for mm. us, we do a bit of a waiata. So, uh, uh Tātātou ringo wera, nāna nei tēnei kai reka rawātū. Jared, kai hea koe, Jared, kai hea koe. Kai mā tātou, ko tāte ihu, ko puta pito, ko rongo ngā ngā o te waha i te reka o te kai nei nō reira. Jared, ahakoa kare koe i konei. Jared? He's left the kitchen. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind, we're going to do a, do a waiata to him. He went to the toilet down the road. <laughs> 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 we're going to give him a waiata. Tell him we sang him a song. Hey. Uti da mai na iwi. Uwe. Tātou, tātou, uwe. Karangati, taha. Uti da mai na iwi. Uwe. Tātou, tātou, uwe. Whai a te maramatanga. Me te aroha e ngā iwi Kia tokotahi, kia kotahira Tātou, tātou e Tātou, hui Tātou, tātou e Hiro atoriwa Hiro ehi That's for our ringa weather, that's for Jared Beautiful food Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower was produced by Charlie Bleakley and presented by me, James Nokise. The engineer is Blair Stagford. The executive producers are Justin Gregory and Tim Watkin. Subscribe to our podcast however you just found this podcast. Or if you're listening on the radio, go to RNZ's podcast page and look for the chicken. And when you're rating us, only give us five stars. Remember, more stars, more chicken. If you want to share your safe space or comfort food, tweet me at James Nokise. If you need support, text 1737. Or for more resources on mental health, check the fried chicken webpage on the RNZ website. Fatailava Matewa. RNZ, we want to continue to deliver independent, high-quality content for all New Zealanders, and we're keen to hear from you. So we've set up a new research community called Your Media Matters. It's a place where you can share your views about programme or content ideas, podcasts and topical issues. We'd love you to join. To sign up, head to rnz.co.nz slash yourmediamatters. Matters.